It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on solving your e-commerce marketing problems. Now, if you've got an e-commerce problem you'd like my help solving, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com and click on Work with Chloe. There you will find a link to a form to fill in, and I aim to get back to you within one working day. Okay, let's get on with the interview. Today's guest is Nick Hawks. He is the co-owner of multi-award winning Paleo Treats, the best paleo dessert in the world. He started the business from his kitchen table in 2009 and now wholesales and sells worldwide, shipping over one million desserts since it all started and with a turnover fast approaching half a million dollars. Hello, Nick. Hey, what's going on? Psyched to be on the show. That's great to have you here. Now, I've given our listeners a super quick overview of you and your business and where you're at, but how did you get started off in e-commerce? Well, funnily enough, um, way back in 04, I went over to Iraq to do some contracting, some security work. Mm -hmm. And I was working on a big camp there um, in charge of security or or partly in charge of security and, and noticed some problems with what we were doing and how uh, at least um, the company I was working with wasn't doing a great job of of the basics and really the fundamentals of what was going on with security. So, for example, we'd have tons of uh, um, waste truck drivers coming in and out of the camp every day. And the camp was kind of a, a higher value asset camp. And so it didn't make sense to me to hire people, to hire locals who are driving waste trucks and have them come in and out all the time. It was just a huge gap. So when I finished up with a contract, I came back to the States and I started building a website that would help people understand how to build, in this case, uh, greener buildings. So buildings that mm-hmm. didn't need as many resources so we could cut down on how many people came in and out of the camp and, and make the security higher. Oh, and that was my introduction to kind of online sales and online marketing. Um, that ended up not working out. I, I couldn't at that point really execute my way out of a, a wet paper bag. So <laughs> while I had a good idea, I didn't know what to, to do with it. Um, so that failed. And then a year or two later, my wife and I started a t-shirt company and we sold all those online, although that was mainly um, wholesaling. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one step removed from the the customer. And we learned a lot about really what not to do. And that was also started during the big economic boom here in the States when the real estate market was going crazy, especially in Southern California. So we had some room to make mistakes um, from some real estate investments, but we used up all that room and ended up going out of business on that one. And that's when we started Paleo Treats. And from the beginning, we saw this opportunity to share this kind of unique set of intersecting lines in our life, which was health and food and fitness um, and creativity and art and customer service via an online website where we could connect with people who would want what we have. And we wouldn't have to worry about kind of trying to connect with everybody or the extraordinary cost of trying to connect with everyone. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where it began. And we took all the lessons that we learned from messing up the, the previous two and actually a couple more businesses and started to put them into into place there. Oh, of course, it was kind of a, um, the other businesses or the pre-businesses were necessary evils to give you the skill set to finally hit upon the right one for you. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think the 
the big story with uh, with small business is it's not a question of doing everything perfectly. It's how many mistakes can you make, how fast can you make them, and how how robust are you in in the recovery? Because those mistakes are inevitable. Um, there are a few kind of unicorn businesses where they just don't make that many mistakes and they crank from the very beginning and they get up to whatever it is a million or a billion in sales. But those aren't a, those aren't great examples, right? Because they're so different than everything else. Um, what not, I think is really exciting about us is. And, you know, in most small businesses, you just keep on going until you keep, you know, keep your shoulder to the wheel until uh, you get lucky. And that's when it all comes together and you have a successful business. There's definitely, I, I would say one of the biggest things I've learned in business is that we have, a, we have a phrase in the UK called flogging a dead horse. Do you have that in the US? Yeah, something similar. We call yeah. it beating, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it, the, the winners are often those who go, this isn't working. There's no point in me flogging this anymore. It's time to move on. And it's the losers are often those who just hold on to something and don't realize they need to move on and do something else. So it's, um, yeah, because you, you've, got to, you've got to learn in order to finally find the successes. Well, look, let's, um, let's tell people a little bit more about paleo treats before we, before we get on to other subjects. So you're, you're in the US, US and where are you selling to? So we're based out of San Diego, California. Uh, we sell mostly to people in the U.S. to the lower 48 states, so mainland U.S., not uh, so much Alaska or Hawaii. We ship all over the world. Usually, that's limited by the function of the cost of shipping. So mm-hmm. while we've shipped kind of low-cost, low-altitude runs to Afghanistan and to mining camps in the middle of Australia, uh, those aren't our normal orders. Uh, most of our orders are are focused in the U.S. And lately, in the last year or two, we've just kind of had this realization that there's about 20 million people within a two-day delivery zone from where we are in Southern California. So we should probably focus most of our marketing <laughs> spend and efforts on those people. There's, there's probably enough there. Probably, I reckon. One more hope, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and the product is uh, desserts for the paleo um, diet, I suppose. Um, what, what else should we know about them? So the funny thing to me with these particular desserts or products is that we've got right now we've got seven different kinds we've got a brownie a chocolate bar macaroons a peanut butter chocolate cup espresso brownie lemon bar blah blah blah. but what has been fascinating to me is we've built it on just kind of two twin pillars is number one that they actually taste good Um, a lot of health foods or health treats don't taste good Mm -hmm. it's a fake taste and it seems to me that it's apparent as soon as you bite into it that it doesn't taste good but that doesn't seem to stop lots and lots of companies from putting out stuff that is um, healthy, but tastes like crap. Yeah. And then yep. the second thing is that our ingredients are actually good. There's there's no kind of tricks or tips or hacks or you know stuff like that in them. There's no sugar alcohols. There's no kind of sneaking around calories. We use honey as our sweetener. We use all of our ingredients or stuff that you can pronounce and that they're real food. So almond meal, almond butter, coconut oil, uh, raisins, goji berries. You know, it's it's not magic, but it, it does take some work to take those two things, clean ingredients and excellent taste and make them work together. So that's, that's really kind of the, the focus that our customers enjoy and why they keep coming back to us is that we are just dedicated to those two things and everything else takes, takes second place. Excellent. And then the, what platform are you selling on? Are you a Shopify, a Magento or something else? Uh, we actually started on, we started on big commerce and then moved to Magento, but Magento turned out to be just too big of a monster for us. So we went to Shopify, I think in 2014 and have been super stoked with it ever since we got an amazing web developer when we switched over and, and have stuck with him and he's made, you know, an already pretty simple and easy platform, really useful for us. 
Oh, excellent. Well, look, if anyone else out there is thinking of moving on to Shopify, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Shopify, where you'll find a very special deal. Um, given you're on Shopify, you must have a couple of widgets or plugins you are a little bit obsessed with. So would you like to share some of those that make your business work the way you want it to? Yep. I think the um, the the thing that is the lowest kind of monetary cost for us, although there's a time cost to it, ongoing, but has been one of the absolute best things we've done is we've put uh, live chat on our site. And there's a bunch of different live chat widgets, but it's that little window that pops up when people come on. And Lee, my wife and co-owner, or I are the only people who talk on that. Um, you know, 98% of the time, every so often I'll be out driving and I'll see the live chat come up and I'll call into the office and ask them to take it real quick. But most of the time it's, it's Lee and I. And so that allows us to stay really connected to um, what customers want, what their pain points are, what's kind of new on the market for them. And it's allowed us to stay right at the, at the front of what's going on. So years before keto is mainstream, we were seeing kind of customers talk about it. And, you know, I ended up using some of it in my own life. We made this decision. Okay. That's, you know, let's, let's make sure that we're ready for that when it comes. Um, and the same thing with FODMAP and AIP and all the rest of it. So it, that live chat is, has allowed us to be kind of on the forefront of what's going on in, in our little paleo health food world. That's really cool because I hear a lot of people talk about live chat being a great way of getting conversions, but I don't hear quite so much about people seeing it as a great way to keep in touch and, and very easily do customer research and know what's going on in their marketplace. So that's a really interesting angle on it. Yeah. I mean, the conversions come, right? Because they'll ask some silly question that, you know, hey, what's in one of these treats and we've we've made it as easy as possible the very first line on every product is is the ingredients in them so for those it's like that conversion's a gimme um, but the the real value of live chat is staying on top of what's going on you know and the conversions kind of easily pay for it and then the uh, the extra value of of getting all that front site info is is really good very cool. And um, you mentioned that there's yourself and your wife Lee and that there's some people back in the office um, how many of them are there in your team? What do you choose to keep in-house and, and what are you maybe using agencies for? Sure. So there's six total. There's myself and my wife, Lee, that's two. And then we've got four employees. Uh, one of them runs operations. One of them does graphics. So we do all of our graphics in-house, uh, video, photos, all that stuff. And then two of them work kind of front desk and help us with the social stuff. So, you know, and other programs. So one of them runs an affiliate program for us. Um, we try and keep the customer service related stuff in-house. That seems to be the most important thing that the cookies are a kind of a repeatable product. So we worked mm -hmm. from the very beginning, actually almost the very beginning. We made the first 2000 in our tiny little kitchen. Um, and after that, so we're never going to make cookies in our kitchen again. That's a, a silly way to do a lot of business. So we found a local bakery. We taught them how to do our stuff. Um, we made sure that we got the gluten-free certification, which was a big deal for a lot of our customers. And at this point now, that stuff is is outsourced. So I go up and pick up whatever it is, 1,000 or 2,000 cookies a week or whatever that kind of weekly number demands, bring it down to the shop and we ship everything out. But all of the making goes on at the bakery. And that allows kind of everyone involved, the bakers, us, um, our employees to, to do the things that they're really good at mm -hmm. and not to have to deal with stuff that they're not so good at. And so um, all the marketing, though, you're doing in-house? Mm -hmm. All the marketing, yep. Yeah, so that's kind of my main gig is you know figuring out how do we how do we drive sales? Is it search engine? Is it Facebook? Is it Twitter? Blah blah down the line. Very cool. And you mentioned there about gluten 
free as well as paleo. And that kind of, that leads me on to one of my, one of my questions I wanted to ask you is, Bearing in mind, you know, you started the business back in 2009, we're now in 2018, nine years later. And I think 2009 to say paleo or to say gluten free, they were quite strange terms to people. There was like a niche of people who were really knew it and really got it. And now it's become very mainstream. So what's it been like kind of riding that wave as those terms and the need for those products has gone from kind of the backwaters into into the spotlight? Yeah, it's it's you know it's been interesting. So when we started, it was all CrossFit. That was our audience um, mm-hmm. at the time. That was what I was into. I was an athlete at the first CrossFit Games, which basically means nothing other than that I I knew about it before a lot of people. And I certainly wasn't a, a competitive athlete at that games, but we were at the third CrossFit Games, which is still kind of a big deal, still at the ranch, and that was when we launched Paleo Treats, and that was really the only audience we could think of mm-hmm. who would who would pay the the prices that we were charging for the treats. And at the time it was, it was super low. We actually didn't really know how to price products. Then we were selling them for two bucks, which is about what it costs to make them maybe a little bit, a little bit more. Um, and so over the years we had to figure out, you know, how is the audience shifting? Cause obviously it grew from mm-hmm. just the CrossFit really dedicated performance crowd to now there's three main audiences for us. One of them is, is performance and that's probably the smallest. And then one of them is busy moms and one of them is older men who just don't have time to cook, but they they have had some kind of health scare. Um, and just going through and really on live chat um, and on email conversations and, and talking to the customers wherever we got the chance is how we figured out like who, who the customers are and, and what drives them. That's three really diverse groups you found as well, I would have thought, in terms of, you know, where yeah. they hang out and what they want to hear about and, and so forth, even though they all want the same product. A lot of this stuff is it's just simple work, um, and that we looked at our top customers. We you know we looked at the people who are spending um, ten thousand dollars or more a year on cookies, and we emailed them and said, "Hey, can we call you and talk to you?" And then everybody at the office got around a little speakerphone, and we asked them a bunch of questions and figured out who our customer profiles were. You know, it, it sounds so simple, but a lot of businesses forget to do the fundamentals, which is those are the important things, and and that principle of focusing on the fundamentals applies to every single thing that you want to do that you want to be successful at, whether you want to be a paraglider or a sailor or a businessman or a mom or whatever. It's it's the fundamentals that matter. And it's easy to get kind of uh, drug off into the weeds and do this little tweaky stuff that doesn't make a difference. But the fundamentals of customer service and being curious about your audience and making sure that you're giving them what they want that matters. So uh, which one of those niches, which one of those customer conversations was it that led you to create your own podcast? Because um, I'm, I'm, as you could imagine, a little bit obsessed with podcasts, and I don't think enough retailers have their own podcasts. So what what drove you to create yours? Well, um, funnily enough, another another story. So I don't know if it was as big a deal for, for you guys in England as it was for us, but when the Benghazi... Um, event went down in Libya. A couple of my buddies were the guys killed over there. And so I went to their funeral and at their funeral, I met another friend of mine who is way into podcasting. And I didn't know much or anything about podcasting at the time. And he said, Hey, can I have you on my podcast? And I thought I was doing him a favor. I said, yeah, sure. I'll come on. I can, I can talk. No problem. I went on there and it turned out he had this really successful podcast called Softrep, S-O-F-R-E-P. that now is much bigger than it was, but as soon as that launched, we saw all of these sales come in and they said, we found you through soft rep. And 
Lee and I were like, what is podcasting? What have, we been, what have we been missing? Like, how did I think that I was doing that guy a favor? And he drove, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of sales yeah. by having me on for, you know, an hour. And so we started looking into it and saying, okay, we can do something with this. Let's just make it unique to us. And so the podcast for Paleo Treats has ended up being kind of my investigation into excellence and what drives people to do really cool things. And, you know, taking a lot of the conversations I was having with my mentors and my heroes and sharing them with the the greater public. So not specifically driving sales for paleo treats or even specific to paleo, but we saw that as a way to to share some of the incredible information we were getting by being part of the paleo world or just by by seeking out excellence and making sure we were kind of cultivating a good group of people to to be around and be influenced by. And obviously, because you're on this show and you're on this show because you you outreached and said, could we come on and be a guest? And that's, I think that that's a really interesting marketing strategy as well for the retailer, which I don't see enough doing. Um, you know, anyone out there who wants to be on this show, who's got a story to tell, please get in contact. I am always looking for good guests. Um, but but do you find that that's turned into, that's a successful marketing strategy for you? Obviously you had the, you had the great experience with that very first podcast you've been on, but the, the proactive marketing of the vis- business via podcast, do you find that works too? It's, I think it's one of those things that's really hard to tell. Um, at mm-hmm. this point, I don't know, you know, I, I don't have numbers to say like, absolutely this works. What I am sure of is that it follows that, that principle of the fundamentals in this case, the idea that um, the sound medium, the medium of, of audio is really rich in information. And so Google as a search engine and, and the wider internet sees that and acknowledges it. And so the more times that I go on a podcast and tell different parts of our story, whether we're talking to health food um, podcasters or e-commerce or marketing or whatever, um, the more the more kind of data points that Google has to say, okay, these guys know what they're talking about in these domains. Let's send more traffic their way. And I just, it's one of those things where you, you have to have a little bit of, um, of risk tolerance and be able to not know, but be pretty confident that it's, it's one of those kind of fundamental things. Like what does the internet want? The internet wants high quality information and podcasting to me is one kind of obvious, screamingly obvious way to deliver that. Very cool. So you, would you recommend it to other retailers to start a podcast or be on podcast? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it goes along with a lot of kind of the same fundamental stuff is like, Hey, you've got to do the stuff that you're interested in that you're good at. So if you want to do a Mm -hmm. podcast and you're going to do it from your cell phone and you're not going to pay attention to the questions that you ask and you just think that your world is awesome, but you haven't really checked that, then no, podcasting isn't for you. But if you like kind of audio geekery a little bit and you're willing to invest a little bit in making sure that the sound is good and you know, you take the time to think about your questions the way you you've done with me as you sent over that one page PDF and Hey, here's, here's the flow. Here's what we're going to mm-hmm. talk about. Be prepared here. Um, then I think it can be really, really valuable. And specifically the way that we've done it is with um, the interview connections, people, the people who reached out to you on our behalf, as we said, look, we want to interview connections. We said, we want you to find us podcasts that we should be on in order to spread, you know, a couple of these different messages, mainly around um, health foods and, and e-commerce. But I think that's a for us, that's a really good, uh, solid plan. And I, I particularly love the point you made there about if it's something you're good at and something you enjoy. And I, these days there are so many ways to market one's business. And I, I constantly seem to come across people who are bashing their heads, trying to make themselves do a marketing method that they find horrendously painful, you know? And it's like, 
there's like 20 other things you could be doing. Why don't you go and do one of those rather than the one you hate? And I think that that's such an important thing when you're a smaller business is actually you are allowed to do the things you enjoy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Is this a, is there an explicit rating on this podcast? Uh, we're non-explicit, so no swearing okay. if possible. <laughs> All right. So I, I'll no swearing here, but I've got a, a post-it note on my computer that reads uh, BS or gold. Of course, the BS is spelled out. So mm-hmm. that's the the question that I use when I'm looking at almost anything and deciding whether or not I want to do it. Is it BS? Is it is it total crap? Is it a waste of time? Or is it gold? And if it's if it's not gold, then it's BS, 100%. Um, I like that. I might have to add that uh, that as a little reminder to me because I'm one of those people who really fails to say no when she should. Um, but but enough of me. Um, what, Nick, do you think is the most awesome thing about your business right now? The most awesome thing, I mean, speaking of, of, of egos and not paying attention to them getting <laughs> out of control, is that for Lee and I, Paleo Treats is a representation of our personality. And it it allows us to explore simultaneously this intersection of food and health and performance and small business and customer service and art. And where all those lines cross is where you find paleo treats. And they all happen to be things that one or both of us is fascinated about. So the the most awesome thing about it is that we wake up every day and, and we get to do the things that we're really interested in. Um, we also have to do the things that you know need to get done, but at the core of it, again, that kind of idea of, of following the fundamentals is paleo treats is a representation of the things that we're most curious about and fascinated with, and that makes it a, a really um, engaging and enjoyable business to to execute on. Oh, and I think that's what many of us are striving for. Um, right on that very positive note, let's go into the top tips round, and I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So. Nick, first up, your book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? I'd recommend taking two Fridays off and on the first <laughs> Friday, reading a book called Don't Make Me Think by, I think, I believe Steve Krug, K-R-U-G. And he was one of the guys that was first uh, helping people understand how folks move through a website. And just reading that, you start to understand, I mean, this is specific to e-commerce, um, just how short attention spans are and how little time you have to do the work that will convince people to stick around. And just applying that, those ideas over and over, and, and he gives you know, a bunch of examples and how to, how to understand that in the book, makes your website really good. Um, so that was the first one. And the second one is a book called Priceless by William Poundstone. And that's all about pricing, price anchoring, and how to figure out what what price you should charge. Like I said at the beginning, we, we started off charging two bucks a treat because we just didn't know any better. We figured like, okay, it costs whatever, a buck 75 or whatever it was to make them. And that will make 25 cents per. And then you realize, okay, we've got to pay for a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. And these are worth more than that. And we've got to make sure that the customers we're dealing with um, acknowledge the, the worth of these treats and that we're not dealing with, you know, folks who, who aren't into the same things we're into. So those are the two Fridays and books I'd recommend. Great recommendations. Okay, the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Yeah, another two-part answer. I think, you know, the one that everybody kind of knows about is email. Is email drives more than anything else, the most sales for our site. If we need to make X amount of dollars on a Monday um, or whatever it is, that that email is the first thing we'll turn to. 
the other kind of uh, fundamentally valuable thing is this search engine optimization piece. And so constantly talking about and around um, and into the topic that is what your website and product is about is really important to do that on an ongoing basis and make sure that you don't just kind of set up your SEO once, but that you're continually um, shaping it to, to drive the traffic that you want to your site. Two more cracking recommendations. Okay, the tool top tip. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Yeah, yeah we use WhatsApp. I mean, it's super simple. Um, one of our workers lives down in Tijuana, uh, the next country over, our neighbors to the south. And so texting doesn't always work super well. And so we just use WhatsApp and kind of let people know what's going on. We have our weekly meeting where we all get together physically on Wednesday afternoons. But the rest of the time, if we got a you know, new shipment of unicorn pinatas in or coffee or paleo treats or whatever's going on, it's just a really easy way to, to keep everyone abreast of what's going on in the company. Super simple, fundamentals. Excellent. And then the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? I think when people ask that, they're looking for kind of a, a thing or an app or like a piece of software to do. And I think it's much more important to be very clear on a why you want to do that um, and go beyond like, well, I just want to be rich. Like, why do you want to be rich? What, what, what are you aiming at at the end of it? And then number two is figuring out, um, setting really clear goals. If you're going to go from 100 to 1,000, okay, what's the first step? Is it going to 110? Is it going to 115? Is it going to 200? And then when you meet or don't meet them, and it doesn't matter which one, find out why. Why did you meet that? Why did you not meet that? What worked? What didn't work? And you, you have to be just really thick-skinned with saying, okay, that didn't work. Let me try something else. And it didn't work because I whatever, sucked at executing or I missed this or that. And that's a trap a lot of people fall into is they, they don't want to face the fact that they failed. But those failures are, are really kind of beautiful little signposts from the universe or however you want to look at this. They're like, hey, man, that's not the way to do this. You, know, you don't get from um, the US to England by driving your car. You have to use a boat. And a lot of people try and drive their cars. And so they just end up in the, in the ocean. <laughs> Oh, some great advice there. Uh, Master Plan World, you can find the top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will see a link to this show. Now, Nick, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media? Totally. You can go to paleotreats.com. Uh, that's our website. From there, you can find all our socials. We are most active on Instagram, and that's just instagram.com slash paleotreats. So those are the, the two kind of best places to find us and interact with us. And then for folks listening, if you are super psyched on paleo and you want to try desserts, um, what we've got right now is a 10% coupon for the e-commerce folks. So if you put in master plan when you come to the store, um, that'll knock off 10% uh, if anything you want. And I recommend doing that. That is worth just the email automation trail that you'll get and kind of see how we do business and how we've made sure that a lot of our customers come back and, and buy again. Oh, there we go. There's a, there's a definite offer you can't resist, guys. Not only will you get a great discount on, and I, I should warn you, if you go to their website, your mouth will start dribbling, whether you are 
whether you're a paleo person or not, these are desserts you just want to eat. Um, but you're also going to get to see some of the follow-up sequences and so forth that, uh, that they're using to drive that repeat customers. Okay, I will add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Nick, thank you so much for being on the show today and being so generous sharing your experience with us. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Psyched to be on. Thanks so much for having me. It's really cool to share all this information and and hopefully inspire and encourage the uh, e-commerce master planners out there. Great advice there from Nick from Paleo Treats. The fundamentals, the fundamentals, the fundamentals. It's all about getting the things right at the heart of your business so as you can move on forward. So I thought a couple of really interesting things he was saying about that tip for getting to understand your customers and working out who your avatars are or your personas, if you prefer that word. Brilliant. Identify your top spenders. Have a chat with them. Ask them questions so you can understand more about who they are. Absolutely brilliant. Because how clear was he on those three target customer groups? And then also that, that tip right from the very beginning when I was asking about plugins, about how they use live chat. The two owners in the business are the ones who deal with the live chat because they learn so much about their customers and so much about what's happening in their marketplace to help them keep at the forefront. Absolutely brilliant advice. The e-commerce master plan virtual summit 2018 is now open for enrollment. This year, the focus is on marketing. We've got sessions on Google AdWords, Amazon ads, Facebook ads, influencer marketing, email marketing, and much, much more. Find out all about it and get yourself signed up because it's currently free at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash summit. Have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.